Hello and welcome to the After Sermon Podcast, where we pick up all the bits from the cutting room floor that didn't make it into our sermons and then break them down. And today, we're looking at the sermon, What Now? Christopher and ladies and gentlemen you are in for a treat because today we have two new guests with us first of all we have Miss Tiana Andrews Hiya. and we have with us our presenter for the day Miss Emily Santa Hello. <laughs> now whenever I have new guests on the show I like to make sure that the people at home get to know you a bit so yes Tiana if you could be any animal, what do you think you would be? Hmm. If I was an animal, I would be... So I like birds. I like the way they fly. I'd like to say I'd be like a small, like, cute bird, like a sparrow, but the truth is I'd probably be one of the noisy white cockatoos. Or I'd say pelican. A pelican. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Emily, what animal do you think you would be? To be honest, I've never associated myself um, or wished there was any type of animal. Oh, lame. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think? Hmm. Oh, I think I think you could be you could be a cat because you are well groomed, well presented, <laughs> and you have secret ninja skills. I will I will accept that. Mm-hmm. Tiger. A, a tiger. I like tiger. Very ferocious. Yes. Now, if I were an animal, uh... Oh, yes, Christopher, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? See, I like axolotls, but I don't know if I'd be an axolotl, <laughs> you know? Pretty sure axolotls are more uh, prey than they are predators, because they're pretty small, so maybe not, you know? Could you Could you bear the burden of having such a cool name, Christopher? Could you live up to it? Oh, well, I mean, I certainly hope so, because, for example, for years, my signature actually had, like, little axolotl whiskers on it, oh, so... That's pretty cool. All right, let's get right into the recap, but just before we do, if you haven't watched the sermonette, what now? Make sure to go to the link in the description below and come back here later, because this podcast is full of spoilers. Now, with that out of the way, Emily, what was your sermon all about? Basically, the inspiration behind the video was what a lot of mainstream YouTubers and videos have now with Mm -hmm. different aesthetics and designs and just short videos that can keep someone's attention. So that way you might be able to attract and appeal to a range of of different people. Mm. Um, So that was my thought behind it. And it just made it more... Mainstream. Mainstream. Yeah. Like Emily Emily was saying earlier that um it's like nowadays in order to get people's attention, like you almost have to earn it. People feel like you've gotta you've gotta earn our attention. And so, you know, with a with a video with sort of like designs and a voiceover in it, I, I thought it was really beautiful. And and very mainstream, you know, like anyone could be linked to that, I reckon. Well, I found it to be a really 
relevant uh, thing to look at because, as you said, these questions about human identity and purpose, they're these existential questions that everybody asks themselves throughout their life. And what's funny is that humanity has not come to a one consensus on answering any of them. Humanity has never really just sat down together and said, hey, you know what? This is the meaning of life. And so it's really not that surprising that so many people struggle with these big questions in their lives. So basically my sermonette um, was the final part of an entire sermon that had a few different categories, such as um, we were made by God and what was our purpose with that and why did he die for us into my segment was that God created us in his image and Jesus showed us how to perfectly reflect that image through his sacrifice on the cross. And that leads us to two really important questions in the world nowadays. You can see that basically with what people post online or with how people talk and just their different fears and concerns nowadays for all the different events in the world, such as what is our purpose and what is the meaning of life? And, I mean, look at the events in the world. That can make people feel quite fearful and I guess that throughout my segment I was trying to look at what our purpose is through God's perspective Mm. and how we should be acting and through what I found and with the example that God set for us it's really trying to represent his mission and his character to everyone else and through that, we need to then adopt his characteristics as best we can and show it to other people. Hmm. What I really liked was that idea of shining your light. And it made me think of that verse in Matthew 5 where Jesus is talking to the crowd uh, in the Beatitudes. Hmm. And he says to them, you know, uh, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Ooh. Neither do people light a lamp and then put it in the corner of the house. No, they put it right where in the middle where everyone can see it therefore let your light shine before men that they may glorify that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven and so it was this idea that you don't even have to witness to people in the very traditional sense in you know going up to them and saying oh hey do you know about god would you like to learn about god because as you were saying interactions with other christians may be the only image of Christ that people ever see. And so it's really cool to think about, but it's also got this really cool, uh, it's really got a, a very deep level of significance to it, that we have a duty to reflect the very image of Christ. And for some people, that might be the only knowledge of who Jesus is that they'll ever receive. So it was, yeah, it was really impactful and really got me thinking about how we live our lives as Christians. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like how Emily was talking about, like, fear, right? Because it, it's it's an outright mania. Like, we have an outright anxiety about what am I here for? You know, like, oh, I'm 25 years old and I haven't got my purpose. Like, like we're having a mm. midlife crisis at our quarter life. Yeah. So, like, not, not only is it an important message, but it's a, it's a comforting one too. Mm, absolutely. And one of the main themes that I spoke about was the fact that God is love. That's mentioned so many times in the Bible. And with the aspect on fear, he promises in Hebrews um, chapter 13, verse 5, that he'll never leave us and never forsake us. We're told Mm. to trust in God. And basically 
by following him more and adopting his characteristics and that relationship there for trust is also strengthened. Mm. All right, so let's get to your impressions. What did you guys think of the sermon? So one thing that I think that I really loved and that I got out of the sermon is um, it's not just like a God has this job for you to do, but it's that God has designed your purpose. Mm. Like your your identity, your safety is, is just found in him. It's like not, not only do you have like a purpose on this earth, but I can tell you what it is. I made you for it mm. and I can help you to carry it out. So that's what I got out of it, definitely. And it definitely links to this idea that we are in this big spiritual battle. Um, for those who are interested, you can check out our last episode, uh, Theatre of the Universe, with uh, Jesse Marks, where we talked about Jesse's sermon, and it was about this idea that in this great spiritual battle, we have to choose whose side we're on. And if we decide to be on God's side, well, we then have this duty to reflect his image, because that's what the great controversy is all about, this great spiritual mm. battle. What it is the character of God? And we're supposed to be a testimony to God's character being loving. So definitely go check out that episode after watching this one in order to get a bit, bit more of a better context about all of that. All right, well, let's keep the ball rolling by going to our next segment, The Drawing Board. Tiana, what is The Drawing Board? The Drawing Board is where we discuss the sources, inspirations, and goals of the sermon in order to better understand the sermon in question. Basically, the fact that this segment even happened was a little bit surreal to me. Um, I never thought I'd get the opportunity to be able to even have a part of a sermon. Um, But I was at this particular church for a few weeks, and as I was leaving church one day, um, the youth pastor came up to me and said, I don't even know if you'd like to or what your talents are or anything like that, but would you like to um, take the final segment of this particular sermon? And it's been something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, actually. And as I mentioned earlier, I never thought that I'd have the opportunity to um, do it. So I, I immediately said yes. And the topic that came up for me was basically what is our purpose and what is the meaning of life? Two questions that I'm so qualified to answer. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just, um, hey, no, answer no the most no existential pressure. questions of human existence in 10 minutes. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> um, absolutely. I, I was so in my comfort zone. Um, so basically how I approached it is just how I see God and how how I've come to the understanding more so in recent years mm. as to how I need to act if I'm going to give um, a correct interpretation or representation of him because really that's why we're here. Mm. That's, that's what's happening on earth pretty much. And if I was to give misrepresentation of who he is, then – I don't feel comfortable with that, which is why for this particular um, segment, I really enjoyed it, and that was my inspiration. How how do I convey what his true character is and how that then directs our purpose? All right. Well, let's get right into the main meat of the podcast, the cutting room floor. Tiana, what is the cutting room floor? I'm glad you asked, Christopher. 
The cutting room floor is the segment where we discuss the parts of the sermon that didn't make it into the final product and we break them down. Alright Emily, so tell us, what did we miss out on in the original sermonette and what can we now experience? Mm. Okay, so one of the great things about having a segment of a sermon is there is so much that you want to put in, Mm. but you can't because you have a very strict 10 minute or under um, time frame Mm -hmm. and you all want to make sense. You can't just throw in random verses, which I found very difficult. Yeah. Um, So a few things in particular um, that I really wanted to include, but I couldn't really. One of them was the fruits of the spirit. Um, and you can find that in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 26. And basically, when I was thinking about um, how we should be representing God's character, that that was what I was thinking about a lot. And one of the the first um, fruits of the Spirit is love, and then mm. joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, etc., etc., um, and that's just one of the things that I was really thinking about. And those are the characteristics that we need to adopt if we want to give a true representation of him. So I like this verse. Um, I don't know. Like, I like to read the Bible backwards, right? Um, because uh, and the way, what I mean by that is that, um, so Em, you said that it's only been in recent years that you've got a real sort of idea of God and, and, mm. and of the way you want to present yourself in his image, right? Yeah. Um, and it's funny because, you know, you've been brought up in the church your whole life, right? I'm exactly the same. I'm 21 yet now and, like, my whole life, born and bred, like, third generation at Seventh-day Adventist. And um, it's been the same. It's only been recent years. And so my experience has been knowing verses like this and knowing this is what I'm supposed to be mm. and knowing that I'm not, like, really, really knowing that I'm not. Mm. Um so when I say I like to read the Bible backwards, um, you know, we often start looking at it like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. For me, it's about now going back to the beginning and knowing, first of all, this is what God's like, right? So when you read a verse like this, 100%, we should be loving, joyful, peaceful, long-suffering, and so on. But before I can get to that point, it's such a reassuring verse because you can read that and be like, oh, hey, God's like that. Mm. And so you know that, hey, if God's like that, that's how he feels about me. Mm. And then, you know, the more you kind of, the more you're in that, like the more you start to understand him, the more that that becomes a reality, the more that kind of stuff starts to flow out of you. Yeah, that's it. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And um, that's one of the incredible things about God and his character that I'm talking from experience that no matter what you do in your life, that can't stop him from loving you. And it's not because you're good, it's because he's good. Mm. And that's one of the most reassuring things, that he's always going to be there for you. Mm-hmm. Though though we are faithless, although we're supposed to be, fruit of the spirit, right? Though we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Mm. Something else that I really appreciated was that you not only made me think about this, but you actually gave me the answer to one of these big uh, Christian moral dilemmas that is presented. Uh, Emily, I'm, I'm going to put you in the hot seat, all right? I'm going to ask you this question and see if you can answer it. Yeah, consider it, and if I, can't, if, if I can't meet the challenge, then you can edit it out. <laughs> Rest assured, I, I promise you, you did actually answer this. But here's the dilemma. 
uh, a priest comes up to an Eskimo and he tells the Eskimo all about God. And then the Eskimo asks the priest, if I didn't know about Mm. God, would I go to heaven? And the priest says, Mm. well, I suppose so. God can't hold you accountable for knowledge you didn't have. You'd go to heaven. And then the Eskimo (laughs) says to the priest, well, then why did you tell me about God? I was safer not knowing then, wasn't I? And so it's this interesting dilemma, you know, do you tell people, do you Mm. not tell people? So I'm interested to hear uh, your answer to that, because Um, again, you actually answered it. And you did, you did answer this. This is in the analogy, right? definitely in the sermon. Okay. So basically, I mean, I know from experience um, that... This, okay, there's actually a verse that I'm going to start this answer with that is really relevant to me because when I read this, I finally understood why in the past I never really was interested in the Bible. Mm. Um, and that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. And it uh. says, But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Yeah. For me, because in the past I just wasn't really interested. And because of that, I'd read the Bible and nothing would stand out to me because I wasn't looking for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were different things like with what TV shows I'd watch, for example. Um, there were different things that I was watching and as a person, it doesn't improve you or make you happier. And I guess that for me, when I finally realized that I actually wanted to, um, to follow God and be serious about it, that's when I looked at the Bible and started reading this and it all started to make sense because I was open to it. Mm. I wasn't closed off to it. Um, and from there, a bit like the analogy that I used, if, if someone doesn't know about God, um, then there can be so many things that they may face um, that will be difficult for mm. them. Mm. And this is also from testimonies that I've heard from people. Mm. I'm not just saying this... In, Arbitrarily. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just making out that every that we are always right, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That there is backing for this from different people um, who have told me their stories. And basically, it was once they found God that they had peace, mm. and that they now had something to guide their actions, which could then help them in those situations. Mm. Um, so. I don't, I don't see God and I don't see following God as a burden. I, I follow God and his commandments because I want to. And, and because of that and the guidance that it gives me, it makes me a better person and it makes me a happier person. Yeah, that, that's definitely how I see the answer to this question because even if the Eskimo, you know, does make it to heaven because he never knew about God, for the time he was here, he was still in darkness. And so we still have this calling to go out 
and spread that light that we have to other people so that their life now can be impacted. Just think about Jesus. Jesus is described as the light of the world, right? And all throughout his ministry, we see him going to people and absolutely changing their lives. Uh, Zacchaeus, Mm. Mary Magdalene, all the people that he healed from sicknesses and diseases. Jesus, he just goes around and he absolutely changes these people's lives for the better. And then really, aren't we called to basically model the behavior of Jesus? So really, we are asked to then go out and do the same, to make impacts in people's lives by just reflecting the character of Christ, and then people, yeah, being impacted by that light that they see in us, which is not our own, but a Jesus. And um, there's actually one other verse that I've just got on my um, computer from Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 to 24, uh, sorry, until 23, says, for where, for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. The eyes are the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And mm. it really that really shows that whatever your influences are, so for me, um, when I decided to really follow God and be really serious about it, I cut out um, all those TV shows that I looked at and said and saw that they weren't Christian morals. And from that, later on, when I may have seen a video clip or something from it, I was shocked to see what was there and what previously I'd been so used to. And yeah. And it's interesting then that the analogy becomes actually less abstract and more tangible and real. Because if you go to John chapter 1, I think it's verse 4, it says that Jesus uh, was the light of the world and that light was eternal life, essentially. Mm. And so what John's trying to say is that this light that we give to other people or that people see in us, they go, hey, what's different about you? And really, it's the fact that we have this knowledge of the gospel, the good news, eternal life. It's the fact that Jesus died and that we know that we can have assurance uh, in eternal life that really makes us stand out and makes us different. So this analogy, it goes from an abstract idea to a tangible reality, which is so profound. And as you were saying before, Emily, about this idea of testimonies, really, our testimonies and the way we live our lives it bears witness to the impact that Jesus has had in our lives. And we can then say, look at what God has done for me. Imagine, you know, what he can do for you and for other people, you know? It's crazy. And I I love this idea. There are so many good ideas in this sermon. Um, This idea that when you give some of your light to someone, you don't actually lose any. You actually create more light, and it just mm. keeps spreading and spreading and spreading. You never lose anything. So it's it's almost like uh, this faith, it's a self-propelling, I suppose, self-propelling faith or perpetuating. It perpetuates itself by spreading from people to people and get, getting more people into the light and out of darkness. I, um... I like I um I, I like the Eskimo thing too, right? I've had that same question, and when you brought that up, like... The link it totally sprang to my mind. It, it was that, and and this is this Corinthians verse. I like this too for a completely different reason. Um, 
for me, this Corinthians verse, it was actually, it was spoken about the Pharisees, right? The Pharisees were told whenever they read the law of Moses, there was a veil that lay on their heart, right? But when you turn to the law, the veil is taken away. So the Pharisees' struggle was not so much what they were letting in as what they were shutting out, right? Yeah. And so in this verse, it says when any, anyone turns to the law, the veil is taken away. It's like you turn to the light and all of a sudden there's just all this good stuff. So Emily's sermon is so so pertinent to me because in it she's always talking about God's character, God's character, God's character. We're supposed to look like God because when you see someone who looks like God, you can start to believe in a God who looks even better. Yeah. And when you can believe in a God who looks even better, suddenly, whoa, like that's light. That's not a burden. Like that's mm. something that you've kind of been waiting your whole life to get. Mm. And so when an Eskimo meets someone who looks like God, and here's about the God they're trying to look like, suddenly it's not like he's got this burden of, oh, man, you know, now I could reject you and not go to heaven. Suddenly, like, this guy's looking forward to heaven, you know? My favorite line was definitely, use your candle. There is more light to dispel the darkness. And the more candles you light, the brighter the path becomes for everyone. Because mm. I could actually read in Ellen White's book, A Call to Stand Apart, this morning, at the end of Chapter 6. And this is something that... Um, is also really relevant, I realise, to the segment, which um, her quote, through conflict, the spiritual life is strengthened. Trials um, well-born will develop steadfastness of character and precious spiritual graces. The perfect fruit of faith, meekness and love often matures best amid storm clouds and darkness. Because I guess that that's one of the times when you are most vulnerable. And when that happens, that's when you're also most open to God and you mm. really rely on faith. And I, I'm saying that from experience. That vulnerability is great. Mm. I like that. Like uh, Auntie Ellen, as she says, trials well born. I do not bear my trials well, mm. let me tell you. But <laughs> no sorry. But the, the one thing that trials do do for me is they make you vulnerable. Yeah. They, they do. Like, you know, the, the more your facade is, is not working, the more it breaks down, you get to points where you are just completely open with God, open before God. You can tell him, this is my ugliness. This is how I feel. Mm. And, you know, by golly, I can't change this. Mm. And it's like, excellent. I'm sorry it took you so long to get here. Finally, <laughs> I can get in and help you out now, right? Yeah. And yeah. you can have the assurance that he's going to listen. Yeah, compared to that's anything right. else that's going on, you can know that he's going to be the constant factor. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, speaking of which, uh, regarding testimonies, we've actually had the privilege of being able to sit down with a few people and uh, just get to hear their testimonies. So if you want to hear about those, we recorded one with our co-host Jai Watson. That is uh, episode five, A Long Way to the Right Way. And also, our first ASP short w was with Pastor Peter Watts, and we discussed his testimony as well. So, I definitely recommend going back and listening to those and just see the profound impact that God has had on these people's lives. Check them. <laughs> now. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> One other thing um, that was mentioned in a sermon um, by Pastor Abel, actually, a few months ago, which is relevant to also what we as a church should be um, doing to represent God, 
And the Greek word for church is ecclesia. Is that how you pronounce it? Ecclesia. <laughs> there, there we go. Um, which means the one that's called out. And one of the things that um, Pastor Abel mentioned in the sermon, he referred to the early church in the book of Acts, and he was saying that irrelevant church, as individuals and groups, we are a learning church, a loving church, a relational church, and a praying church. And that is also another set of characteristics that we need to adopt. Yeah, well, those are great because that's that's just a list of, of practical ways that we're shining our light, right? Mm. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's it, it is pretty simple. Hey, it's it's um it's practical. It's this is what I look like. This is what I'm going to develop in you for you to look like. And now go out and look like this. Mm. Absolutely. And that's another thing that I find that in some churches and as an individual, and I'm also saying this for myself. Quite often we can get complacent with where we are, and that's not what a church is meant to be. A church is meant to be a movement, mm. pretty much. Um, some statistics that um, one of my local pastors was telling me recently about young adults in particular is that they'll go to a church, and if they don't find what they're looking for, then they'll go somewhere else to try and find it. We are prepared to put in the effort to make something what we want to be a part of, and that's that's pretty big. And... Personally, that's something I've, I've been thinking about a lot, that am I prepared to put in the effort to make something that I want to be a part of? Because we can't just go there expecting to receive something. We need, we, we need to be prepared to give as well. Well, I like that too. You're right. Like if you show up at a church and it's not what you want it to be, um, and, you know, if you if you have a connection with God, if you've got a bit of light, well, that means you're just a candle surrounded mm. by a room of empty candles. So mm. get to work. Yeah. I think a, a wise man once said, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself. <laughs> You've just got to be the change you want to see in the world. That's profound. You can make a song out of that, really. Oh, you sure could. So we've got to get onto that before someone else takes the idea. Now, look, Emily, Emily, I, I want you to have it. This is your little sermonette. I want you to be the one. Uh, can I have a freestyle rap about that, please? Uh, I, I don't know. I think you're the rapper here. <laughs> Tune in next week for no, the second cut that out for the second episode of Christopher Peterson Freestyles. You've undermined everything. <laughs>
you can find us anywhere and everywhere for your listening pleasure and ease. Make sure also to like our Facebook page. That way, you will get to know what episodes and what sermons we'll be looking at a whole week in advance. That'll give you a whole week to listen to the sermon before the next podcast episode comes out. You'll also be kept up to date with any info or any new uh, initiatives and stuff we're doing. So it's a really good place to make sure that you keep uh, on track with everything going on with the podcast. Thank you so much for supporting us, guys, and listening in. That concludes today's podcast. And with that said, have a good one and good night.